All right, everybody. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast. And today we are... I hate this woman. And today we are leaving Utah and headed towards Sin City. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. Very good. So want to kick off today's conversation on DDing or dad and daughtering in this mini-series with Waffle House. So the significance of Waffle House to our family and just Waffle House in general. So dad, want to take it away here? Oh no, you start. What do you think is important? Why do you like Why do you like going to Waffle House? I love going to Waffle House because you never know what you're going to get. Dinner and a show. Dinner and a show. It is that. It is definitely dinner and a show. It also, I I have a lot of memories at Waffle House. Some good, some bad. What's a bad one? Oh, Christmas. <laughs> that was funny. That was hysterical. So, um... Do you want to share what our our family tradition is? Do you know why our family tradition started? Is that a no for the podcast or no? No. So our family tradition is Christmas Eve morning, we go to Waffle House. Been doing that for, I don't know, 15, 20 years? Even when we're uh, somewhat apart. Everybody seems to go find a Waffle House somewhere. But it started to get away from your mother. I packed you up and we get out of the house because she was going nuts. That's exactly how that started. It was our little respite. And I don't think our she, sanctuary, I if you will. Yes, I don't think she's, I don't know if she's ever been to a Waffle House. Willingly. That's that's all you have to share about Waffle House? No, I, I, I... Again, it's the whole premise of a sit-down meal. The dinner and a show. You get to laugh about what's happening. You interact with the, uh, with the wait staff and the cooks. <clears throat> you learn some valuable life lessons. You remember the time when the... About the only people in there. We were sitting, uh, probably... 7 o'clock. I think we were the only ones in there. And a car pulled up and the cook started getting agitated. And then the uh, a girl walked in, said something to him. We couldn't hear that. Said something to him. I want to say either she gave him something or he gave her something. I, I don't know. But anyways, she got back in the passenger side of the vehicle that she came in. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, that cook just starts just starts wigging out and then sprints out the back door saying something about that is with another guy and just took off. What, what, what was the lesson in that? I don't even know what the lesson was. There's always somebody else. Just don't even get involved. Let them go. It's just it's not worth it. If it's going to get all that wound up, it's just not worth it for anybody. Important life takeaway from the Waffle House. Just saying. It's 
especially for especially for guys that the women if, if the math is still right the uh isn't there like 51 isn't there more women in the world than there are men yes so don't need to just chase the one Okay, that's not a. We're not gonna take a. All right. Um, you basically said because there's more women than men, then men should just not settle down for the one option that they have. That they should start looking no, for more women. See, you just took that. I take it if 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 it's not if it's a train wreck, you don't need to be involved. Just move on. So you're saying to just break up and you'll find somebody else. Well, in this situation, it sounded like she had found somebody else while she was with somebody else. So you, it sounded like you were suggesting to do the same thing. We don't know that. Oh, we know that. That's... She should have already broken up. And he was just hanging on. He couldn't let it go. You know, all that good stuff. Yes. So that was definitely an experience that we had in a Waffle House. Um, I would say some of my fondest memories was learning how to do math, like long, uh, not long division subtraction, but how to calculate a tip, how to uh, add up and itemize a bill. Check that it was right. How much you should get back. You go up with the 20, how much change you should get back. I just remember sitting up at the counter and being there for a while. This... I, I don't know, I was probably in, like, maybe kindergarten, first grade, and they have bar seating where you're able to just look straight into the kitchen, if you will, which is just the stove. The Looking at the grill. Looking at the grill. Someone recently posted that Waffle House is just a breakfast hibachi, and I have not been able to un- I, I, unthink I that. that's wrong. I won't say that. It's not wrong, but now I can't unenvision that. It is so correct. But the one they built, the one that they just opened up by the house, that the bar isn't in front of, isn't centered up on the uh, stove, where on the, on the grill. Where is it? it uh, I, I just what is that next town over? I want to say Melford, but it's not that. It's not it. Malden, from the back, Malden. Yes, it's in Malden, right off of uh, 385. And it's just, it, the whole, it's just wrong. You don't go through the double doors to get in. You just open a door and you're inside. That's right. Yeah, no, that it's is terrible. not. That's, that's incorrect. I know. Yeah, so Waffle House has always been a staple in the, the family. You could always rely on it. It was always there, but... It was also fun to bring other people there because it is. Yeah. And another one of my fondest memories is when we went to Waffle House with the Garrisons in Orange Beach. Yep. You had the whole. You got, you had the kids where I had the whole, the whole uh, county, all six of. Them. Yeah. So that was a good memory, and it's always funny when you bring someone to Waffle House for the first time. Because you don't really know how to describe it. And until I recently saw a meme that people call it the breakfast hibachi place. And it's kind of developed a reputation of you don't know what you're going to get. It was a lot more fun to go in with people because they genuinely had no idea what to expect. Because you'll get your food back in like two minutes. Well, I mean, most everybody just assumes it's, it's trashy food. 
I mean, they're not wrong. You can't screw up an egg. The eggs aren't bad. Eggs and a waffle's not bad. Eggs, waffle, and bacon, that's a breakfast place. Now, you don't go get a steak like one of your boyfriends did. That's just stupid. Oh, my God. That was... That's also been a litmus test for my relationships, is going to Waffle House with my significant other and seeing what they order. So when I was in high school, we were ob- we go to Waffle House pretty frequently. Like, if we don't know what we're going to eat for dinner, and we're going to probably have cereal at home. If we don't know what we're going to eat, and we're probably just going to eat something stupid at home, we're just like, oh, you want to go to Waffle House? So... One of my boyfriends in high school at the time was with us in one of those moments and we decided we were going to go to Waffle House. He had never been to Waffle House before. He was also under that same impression that Waffle House was gross, it was dirty, it was not great quality. And so we get there and he's pouting and he doesn't want to be there and he's like, "Mm, the placemat's sticky. I'm like, well, that's because it's a placemat and a menu. (laughs) And a holder for syrup. And a holder for syrup. So, and then we're sitting there. I get a waffle. My dad gets two bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches on Texas toast. And he orders, guess what he orders? He orders the flank flank, flank steak. Yeah. Flank flank steak. Sounds like it's the bottom of a boot. On what planet? You're upset that we're going to a Waffle House because you think that it's low quality and then you order a steak? In what world? So that was a red flag. I'm obviously still not in that relationship, but that was definitely a red flag. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, it's also just a really good litmus test as to whether or not they're even willing to go. Like, I've had people that won't set foot in the establishment and that it's just like, who do you think you're better than? Huh? Who do you think you're better than? It's just that whole preconceived notion. Yeah, but it's a very humble place. And I, I really like that about it. No one, no one expects anything from you. You just eat your food. There's also been so many times that we've walked in during softball tournaments. And we're like, we need to be in and out of here in 15 minutes. And we tell that to the wait staff. And sure enough, we're in and out of there in 15 minutes. Probably less. Definitely last. But it's it's been a really, really good place for me to think back on also positive family memories, but also negative family, or not negative family memories, but no, I can... Negative boyfriend memories. Yeah, so on the subject of Waffle House and boyfriends, for my freshman year of high school, I was dating a boy, and I don't... I thought this kid... You can you can go to the background. It doesn't matter. He was trash, but but we had he broke she, he broke up with you. I know I broke up with him. Oh my! But we had to keep we you broke up with him, and we still had to deliver a Christmas present. How dumb is that? I mean that's that was, I was fourteen. That was just dumb. And then we were all in the car because we were going to Waffle House. Had to go drop this present off at this kid's house. We couldn't park in front of the house. We had to park down the street so she could walk up, crying, walking up to give this present. Who'd you give it to? You didn't give it to him. Yes, I did. Did you? Yes. And what'd he say? I don't even know. Yeah, thanks. And then shut the door? Anyways, we go back to Waffle House. We sit at the low bar. 
There's a high bar and a low bar. And two brothers, you, and then me, I think. And you're sobbing and sobbing. And the boys and I are laughing and kind of talking over her. And this one woman is just watching and just feeling so horrible about what's happening. Like, I don't know. I think she, think she thought your mother passed away or something. I don't know. I don't know what she was. But brought us hats and... Is that where you got the button? That's where I got the button. The button showed up. But it was just just laughing and just, just a good time. Well, it was funny because she didn't say anything to us in that instance. So she... We were there, she saw us, and then you went to a Waffle House, I think either the next day or somewhere else, else, and you ran into her and she recognized you, and then that's when she gave you all the merch, which I thought was very, very funny. Um, So that was probably my most debilitating moment in a Waffle House, which to say that that's my most debilitating moment is pretty impressive given that... A majority of people, when they go to Waffle House, are inebriated. And I would also like to say, I don't know if this is a flex or if it's like, okay, that's just weird. I've never been to a Waffle House drunk, mostly because there was never one in proximity to me while I was drinking. But, yeah, I've always always seeked out Waffle Houses in my sobriety. Um, It just is what it hits. It's so good. The waffles are like an entire plate. I don't know. And the new ones actually say Waffle House on them in Boston. Yeah. What a step up. It is a huge step up. I, I think overall, the most impressive thing about Waffle House is our commitment to it because we don't have uh, we don't have any other family traditions. Name one other family tradition that we have. We don't. Exactly. So. The way that Waffle House has been our common bond and has been for 15, 20 years is impressive in my book. I agree. I mean, I just... A friend of mine eat at Waffle House every Friday morning before work. And uh, there's a lot of times we were going to the one place enough that I never had to order. I would just... As I was pulling my truck in, they saw it and would start cooking. And by the time I got out of my truck and into the chair, that she told me where to go sit, depending on where she was uh, running the place, or uh, her section was. But it was cooked, done. There was times where we uh, uh, we started laughing and we would give them 20 bucks and say, we're only leaving 20. You figure out what your tip is. You can decide how much Waffle House gets, and you can decide how much you get. Well, you did that because every time she gave you a different price. Right? Oh, I've never had. I've eat, We've eaten the same thing. I mean, we, we eat the same stuff every time, and it is always a different price. So that you're not just in the same in the same store, yeah. not not different stores with a different sales tax. In the same store, it is always different. Usually, if it's the same person, it's pretty close. But you get different weight staff, and it's it's all over the place. I would say our only other tradition that we had was, and this is probably one of my favorite traditions, was during fall ball, we would always go. So fall ball was 
a softball league that I was a part of that was in Alliance, Ohio. I don't know. We played all over the place. But you played a doubleheader at this facility every Saturday or was it Sunday? I can't remember. Either way, it was either Saturday or Sunday. It was always a doubleheader. And fall ball was always more fun because for whatever reason, the pressure wasn't on as hard. The weather was a little bit cooler and crisper. And to me, it was just a lot more fun. And then coupled with that is that... Um, we would go to a Dunkin' Donuts before every yeah. every doubleheader and get, I would get a chocolate frosted donut with sprinkles and you would just get a regular frosted donut and an iced tea and I would get water and that was it. And I think that was, that was the only time that we had a very consistent we knew how much it was going to be every single time. Alright, so have you told the frosted the chiclet story here. So another softball tournament, Chattanooga, right? Uh, friends went to uh, Krispy Kreme and got some donuts. And they weren't finished them at night, so they gave them to us, you know, just about before we were going to bed. So just left them on the, on the uh, dresser in the room, in the hotel room we were staying at. I get up, go somewhere. Sarah gets up, thinks about the donuts. She doesn't turn the light on. And she's eating them. And, eh, tastes a little funny. So she tries the second one. And I think when she's eating the second one, you go into the bathroom? Is that how it goes? It wasn't the second one. So I took one bite. And I was like, oh, this tastes kind of weird. Maybe it's because I haven't brushed my teeth this morning. And I just need to get like my morning breath out of my mouth. And so I took another bite. And as I'm walking into the bathroom with the second bite going down my throat, I look at my hands. I was like, were there sprinkles on these? And I squint and I'm like, oh my God, they were ants. Ants were crawling all down my arm. They were all over these donuts. And I immediately shriek. My dad comes into the bathroom. He's like, what? What's going on? I was like, I just ate ants. And I laughed. It was funny. So, being the good father that I am, we go walking out, have the team meeting, and I tell the coach, I said, you, you really need to uh, really need to ask Sarah what she had for breakfast. What her special sauce is for today. And I ought to say, was I might have done that around lunch, because you had your best hitting day in a long time that day. Yeah, I don't think... I think I went a 1,000 that day. I mean, you had your best hitting day. Yeah, that was, a, that was a very impressive day. That's the day that I started getting scouted by Oakland or whatever that school was. Yeah, out of Detroit. Go where they were at, Michigan. Yep, Michigan. Um, they no. refused to talk to. Well, okay, for those of you that don't know, like, sporting rules with coaches and whatnot. And also, I didn't want to go to school in Michigan. Um... Well, good Lord, don't help your dad with some payments. Yeah, no thanks. Um, No, so if you are in high school and you're being scouted, it's a really weird dynamic that's at play when you're at a game. So when you're at a game, 
you're not allowed to directly talk to a recruiter. But you're allowed to text them. And I think you're maybe allowed to have one conversation with them in person. But it's the rules are so weird. You're, so my dad would have been able to talk to the recruiter. My coach would have been able to talk to the recruiter on my behalf. But I am not allowed to go myself to talk to the recruiter. You had to talk to them via text or via email, which was just a really weird thing. Like, the rules were very weird. So, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to talk to that recruiter because I didn't want to go to school in, in Michigan. Although it was a D1 school, which would have been pretty sick. But... You know. Truth be told, you were done. Yeah, I was done. I didn't want to do the softball bit anymore. I didn't. So, yeah, the shtick was up. After the ants kick, I decided to kick softball. So, left me high and dry doing nothing. But now we're podcasting. Now we're podcasting. Yeah. Hey, dog. We're that dr- was only eight years later. Okay. And uh, no, it wasn't. Six years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't think we have any other traditions. Anything else that we... Trying to start a vacation tradition. Are we? I don't know. We need to. Okay. All right. Keep it that. To, and you said you wanted to do Sunday dinners. I do want to do Sunday dinners. I think that would be a really... Sunday dinner podcast. Yes, I think that would be a really interesting take to the podcast. Um, Do we have to eat the same thing? No. Because Nico eats... I don't know what it is about men in their 20s that are into fitness that love to eat dry-ass plain chicken. With broccoli and white rice. Men in their 20s love to do that. They love it. Like, I promise you, I promise you the calories that you're going to take in with those extra sauces and spices is not going to do that much. Like, I promise you that. So, yeah, I will not be eating what Nico is eating. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so... I would say the only other thing that we have in terms of, like, tradition, but it's not even tradition. It's just, like, what's unique about our family is our nicknames. Uh, well, you have a thousand. And so do you. I, well, no, mine, mine have evolved. Yours pretty well stay. I mean, there was Sarah, Sarah Bear. Then we got the Beauregard. Then we got the Sugar Bear. Boo. Boo. Boo regard. Jackalope. Jackalope. I guess that's it. That's it. That's it, I would say. Well, what were the escalation, or not the escalation, but the evolvement of yours? Well, it was always Nicholas. He was the one that kept naming it. I think I'm the one that kept giving you nicknames. I named you Fabio. All right, there's Fabio. And then there was, uh, I mean, Pete Law current, but there was Old Man. Yeah, that's There was go. Old Man for a while. But I came up with Peepaw. Probably. No, I did. All right. I don't know what else to say about that. 
other people see it think it's pretty funny. I mean, then you can move on, right? So the uh, our group text with the four of us started out as the hatchlings. The hatchling. What? What? It was the cherubs. When it did start out oh, with the cherubs, yeah. then it went to the hatchlings. Well, give backstory as to why it was the cherubs. That was my mom's always comment. What I recall. That's the word she always used to little cherubs, fat little kids, fat little angel, angel. angelic, yeah, angelic. Uh, and then it went to the hatchlings. To uh, and I hatched you that you weren't uh, your, your birth mother didn't do anything, and now we are settled in on people. That's not the. That's thing. not the thing. We are we are on boblings. We are on the boblings, which, which is the cat, which is our tailless cat. My tail. Well, it was David's tailless cat, and he went into the navy, and then I took him. He had a weird. He had a goofy name for it. I renamed him Bob. Him. It. Her. It's easy. Fluid. Fluid. Very fluid. So. Whenever I tell people about our podcast, or not our about our podcast, whenever I tell people about our group message, they never seem to believe that our group message like actually exists. They they have a really hard time buying into that we actually text about what we text about in this group message. I mean, it really is just a continuation of dinner, right? I mean, anything at any time, and. Somebody, every so often, somebody is getting the abuse. I remember one time, I want to say David was getting abuse. I don't know who it was. Someone was getting abused, and, and it went on for, I don't know, four or five hours. Then all of a sudden, there was a, the, the, whoever was getting abused texted in, Are we done yet? Yep, we're done. Everybody quit and went on to something else. Just kind of go. I remember one time when I was receiving the abuse we were at grandma and grandpa's and it was just me nico and david and i decided that i was going to go to bed early because like i don't know i I think i was really tired i don't remember i i don't really think there was a reason that i went to bed early i just went to bed early abusing you or abusing me it was abusing me let me get to the story oh i think they were making fun of me because i was how gullible i could be i know i don't think so but We'll leave this in the in the is it, what is it in the show notes. We'll leave it in the show notes. You decide. It's in the show notes. Sure. So when I was at my grandma and grandpa's, I decided I was going to bed early, and I put my phone across the room to charge. And then I wake up. At, I don't know, maybe like six a.m. Everyone else had already fallen asleep. Where were you sleeping? I was sleeping in the double bedroom. All right. So the boys were in the twins. Yes. All right. Back yeah. So you were sleeping in the couch. Yep. Okay. So. In the computer. Yes. Um. And so. I wake up and I have like. Forty text messages, and like three missed calls, and I was like, "What is going on?" And so I go to the messages, and I go into the the hatchlings, and I see in my messages well actually I get a message from my dad first and it says you okay question mark and I'm like you okay 
Why would I not be okay? And then I go into the hatchlings. And Nico and David had gone in and said, Oh my God, Sarah's in the bathroom at Grandma's house. She's making a complete mess. She's getting shit everywhere. She's throwing up. She's doing the Egyptian. And she's so embarrassed. She's not coming out of her room right now. Grandma's going in to clean it up right now. It smells so bad. (laughs) And I'm just sleeping in the room by myself. Nico and David decided that they were going to text my dad, who wasn't there, that I was dying of food poisoning or something. Yeah, that was it. But I think they were making more making fun of me how far they could get me to believe stuff than really you. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I would also say, I, I guess it's not... What, not ritual, what's the word I'm looking for? Tradition? But you text morning pretty much every morning. I, 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 I was doing that for a long time until I moved out of camp. I did, I was doing, I did it every morning until, we, until y'all left me and I was in the, and then I left camp. I'm also, I'm also just now remembering we had group message before group message was even a thing. So, when we had our phones, and we went on a ski trip that one time, we had this app called Beluga. And it was, you had a pod. And, like how whales have pods, we had a pod, and this was when you and mom were still together, but that's when our group messages started. And we would just say the most out-of-pocket shit in that group message, and then that just translated directly straight into the cherubs, the hatchlings, and boblings. And into film. Yes. Film. Fortunately, last, I don't know, couple years, Sarah has matured enough that we haven't had to see every bowel movement that you've had. Just the good ones. As soon as it came in fuzzy where you had to clean it, I wasn't watching that one. I wasn't <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There was also one time that I coughed up this giant thing of phlegm. Or maybe it was a tonsil stone. It was about the size of a nickel. About the size of a nickel and about maybe two millimeters thick. Sounds like a fishing story. Fish just keeps getting bigger and bigger every time you tell it. No, this thing was huge. This th- I have a picture of it. It's in my hand, and it's huge. I was, I was actually just thinking that it would be funny if you took a pause and then went and got the Hatchlings uh, Google Photos that, that everybody's huh. been saving and kind of rolled through some of those. I mean, I have my phone right here. I can pull it up. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about with that. Oh, there's a whole... It's recently... like The humor in it has recently just become just cats... So, my brother Nico is currently obsessed with his cat, and is obsessed when other people are obsessed with cats, and so it's, he just, we get a lot of pictures of cats in there nowadays, but, yeah, recently the pictures have been cats, Nico's cat specifically, Inu, and then transition photos from when 
Nico was in his frat boy era to his current state of being, which is like traditional American tattoos, flannels. It was a very sharp and hard pivot. Yeah, it is called the Cherubs. Oh, that's nice. It's a picture of me, Nico, David, Grandma, and Grandpa from the time that Nico and David sent all those text messages. Yeah, that, that's when it started. That's the cover photo. There used to be screenshots in it yeah, of. That's what, it was. that's what it is. Yeah. Well, no, now these are just pictures from David. Oh, maybe I So, I don't, I don't know if I you've ever to, looked in I'll here. Yeah, and honestly... He was, the, he was the one that kept making those things. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of that stuff is just incriminating anyways, so it's probably best that we can't track that down and locate it anyways. It is entertaining. Yeah, these are just pictures of the four of us. So, I don't, I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Is there a reason we're going one mile an hour? Well, yeah, because we're going up this hill. And I'm pulling your dead ass vehicle up. Any other notes? Start out of Waffle House. I still go to Waffle House. Still enjoy Waffle House. Anybody that knows me will has at some point gone to Waffle House. Well, I guess we could get into some of your your sayings. Some of the sayings, some of the things I've told you over the years that slowly resonate. Yep. Such as. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That was the thing. I saw that one on a wall in, a, in weigh-ins for states for Nicholas. I thought that was really good. And it also goes along with the, um, you, are, you are the amalgamation of your five friends. The five people you spend the most time with. So that, all of that is just something to think about back to where Nicholas was talking to you about the people that he shed out of his life because they weren't being helpful, weren't making him go forward, propelling his, being a positive in his life. Nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah. Which, I've had some fun after midnight, but I would agree. I'm very Cinderella in the sense now that whenever I go out with people, since I don't drink anymore, my I expire at midnight, and I'm like, mm, I'm good, thanks. I'm a, I'm actually gonna head out. Thanks so much. Yeah, but how many other people have you have you known that once midnight comes around, stupid things have happened? I know for a fact that when I was in college, I did really stupid things after midnight, and definitely was not something I wanted to see into my adult life, being that. Everything, I've kind of come to realize that everything in your adult life ties into one another, and it's just a perpetual loop, so if you decide to stay up until midnight, or if you decide to stay up until 2 a.m. one night, and then wake up at 6 a.m., go to work, go and work out, you can do that for a while, which I'm saying that because I did. I did do that for a while. And it is just, it's not manageable, it's not healthy, But at the same time, there's just, like, 
When the sun goes down, man, you don't need to be out. Pay yourself first. That was my that was my mother's big deal. Always pay yourself first on the paycheck. And that doesn't mean go out and spend it, but save your whatever you think you whatever you're gonna try to save, you save that first, then you pay your rent in one week's pay, which is getting kinda hard to do. And then uh, you know move on to, move on with the rest of the money to do whatever else you have to take care of. Yep, and then another one is on not on that same vein, but do what you can afford. Yeah, I mean, do what you can afford also goes with, with with all of that, right? Well, I always interpreted do what you can afford not as live within your means. No. I always took do what you can afford as you're given certain, I want to say permissions in life. We got certain allowances in life. And what you choose to do with them is up to you. They can be revoked at any point in time because you had an Alcatraz saying up, hung up in our house. Your brother bought that. What did it say? I can't remember. I think it was regulation number 11. Inmates are provided with necessities, clothes, food, and shelter. Um... And beyond that, it's a privilege. Exactly. Beyond that, it's a privilege. That's that was something the same. That. Something that out of fact. But everything that we were given could easily be taken away. So doing what you could afford meant that, all right, if Dad tells me to be home, my curfew is 11 p.m., and I tell him I'm not going to be back until 11:30, he would respond, "Do what you can afford." So. If I wanted to choose to be able to continue to go out and see my friends, choosing what I could afford would be to come home at 11 o'clock. And you never knew what the punishment was going to be. That is true. It definitely ranged. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Yeah. So, that was another one. And then, another one that I... But also do what you can afford works at work. Well, I would say all of them work at work. True. Who you surround yourself at work is who you're going to continue to move up with at work. If you want to hang out with all of the people that don't really do much, they're known for kind of being lackadaisical, you want to be the person that they're like, oh, yeah, Sarah's hanging out with this group again, and you just automatically get lump-summed into that group. That's the same thing. That is true. But do what you can afford can be done at work. No, I, yeah, I mean, th- to your point, I mean, if you put in some effort or don't put in the effort, you know, or or in a union situation, don't come to work to protect your job. You, you aren't going to get paid. You're, you know, it's you're, I mean, based, the bare minimum, you don't show up for work, you don't get paid. Do what you can afford. If you think it's worth more worthwhile to go to the you know, whatever concert the night before and not come to work the next day, then you're making some choices in life. And then those choices, if you do it enough, will have an unbelievable bad consequence and you'll have a different job. Another one that you would say whenever we leave the house was make good choices. 
Yep. I mean, you can't. I, I can't be there. Yep. I can't be there. All I can do is tell you what uh, what's going to happen. And I mean, the other the other one that's always kind of funny is somewhere over the since you all left, I've gotten text messages from all of you confirming one of those things, one of those sayings, somewhere along the line, which is kind of entertaining. You don't say that I was right. Well, this came true today, or something of that nature. Yeah. I had one guy at work that used to, uh, he got mad at me. I was getting, I was being me, and he got uh, fed up, and he, he goes, your persistent consistency is just unbelievably annoying. I took that as a badge of honor. I like that one. You are consistent. Persistent consistency. That sounds like something that Duco lacks or like a laxative would <laughs> list on. You and laxatives have similar characteristics. There you go. But another one of your sayings was stolen from Mrs. Garrison, who is our good family family friend. Not really sure why they wanted to be friends with our family, but... No, we needed help. We did. But they were awesome, and they... <laughs> their mom, Sarah, would always say what? Uh, you get what you get and don't pitch a fit. That, uh, yeah. Yep. That, that, that is, uh, that is an interesting statement. And how do you think it applies? I mean, you get stuff in life and, you know, you, you just need to take advantage of it or not take advantage of it. I mean, it's kind of funny. You listen to people. Something happens. and You can always look at whatever you get in a positive and negative. I mean, there, there's obviously some horrible things that happen. But people get some somewhat decent stuff and still look at it poorly. You know? And that was her comment. You get what you get and don't pitch a fit. I mean, it wasn't like she was giving her children horrible stuff, you know. They were getting mad, you know, them. I mean, it's kind of, you were getting yelled at just as much by her as anybody else, but, you know, you're getting you're getting a treat. Just take the treat and don't pitch a fit about it. Yep. Yep. That's, that's one that I remember. And I can, I think I remember... An instance in which she said that, and I think because she every time when we were moving from Fort Wayne to Ohio, we would come back and she would give us cookies every time. Oh, yeah. And I remember I was in the car with Wes, and she gave Wes a cookie. The cookie didn't have enough chocolate chips or something in it, and she said, "You get what you get. And you don't pitch a fit." Or maybe she only gave him one cookie, and she gave me like a whole bag, whatever. Um, but yeah, just interesting how that plays out. But it's kind of the turning lemons into lemonade of our our family heritage. Huh? <laughs> heritage. Heritage. I don't family know. Heritage. Yeah, yeah. Family dynamic, family makeup. The other one is, and I want. I don't know that. You definitely didn't coin this term at all, and I won't say that you did, but 
you were saying it before I started hearing anybody else say it. It is what it is. <laughs> Got a t-shirt. I mean, it's very similar to the you get what you get and don't pitch a fit. You know? Yeah. Just you, you get what you get. And it is what it is and move on. In two miles, take the I-15 exit on the left. A lot of things we get in life that we just have to deal with and move on. Yep. And I was recently having a conversation with mom and she goes, you know, that adds no value to the conversation, right? What? It is what it is. Yeah. Well, especially for her, because she probably didn't want to, you said it to her. Yeah. Cause she didn't like it. Exactly. Most of those things don't make value to the people cause they don't understand. Them. Yeah. Well, that's most of the time. Like that's also understanding feedback, right? So when you give somebody feedback, they have to be in the place to receive it. We, when you told us these adages or I don't know what you want to call them, dadisms, but we were not, we were not in the place to receive them. Like we didn't, as 13 year olds didn't know exactly what you meant when you said pay yourself first or show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I get that, but but again, it's the same thing, right? So you, you know, it's training. You keep telling somebody something, and and keep and keep training people, and training them to think about what's happening, and sooner or later, we'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the dadisms, the Waffle House tradition, the group message. Is pretty much what really defines our family and what makes us different from different from other families. So, would you think? Would you say that there's anything else that really you find our family doing that no none of none of the other families that you know do? I don't know. I guess I don't really ask what other families do. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think. I mean, people are always very surprised at how close all of us are, but outside of that, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode. We finally got off of Route 70, and we finally got off of Route 70, and we're headed. We now see San Diego on the GPS. So that's very exciting. Very exciting indeed. But we'll see you all tomorrow for another exciting episode of DD. See you then. Bye.